IC Church's Favour Women. I'm Marion Wright, and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that shares the beautiful, hopeful, and encouraging stories of Christian women. Well, I have a very exciting post-Favour Conference surprise for you. Last weekend, IC Church hosted our annual Favour Women's Conference here in Brisbane, and we had a very special guest speaker, Esther Greenwood, from Equipus Church in New Zealand. At the very last minute when she was here, we asked Esther if she'd like to record with us and she very graciously agreed. So what you're about to hear is the moment when we took Esther into this weird back room and look, you will hear the noise of traffic and people in the background. But I had about half an hour and I threw her as many questions as I could. We talked about heaps of things. We talked about her life, a little bit about her marriage. Uh, We talked about the discipline of rest. But what kept coming back again and again was how powerful contentment and finding contentment has been in her life in every season. I'm not going to say much more, but I hope you enjoy it. Here is Pastor Esther Greenwood from Equippers Church, New Zealand. Pastor Esther Greenwood, welcome to Favourite Friends. Thank you. Our little podcast. We kind of threw this curveball at you last minute and you very graciously said yes. Oh, I love it. I Thank love you it. for doing that. Yeah, all and, good. Um, I kind of got you in this like creepy little room with some pianos and some desks. I'm not going to so, lie. I was nervous yeah. looking here. Like, where am I going? <laughs> Usually we do this on my couch yeah. in my living room um, with some fairy lights and a cup of tea. Oh, amazing. So, I love tea. Oh, I'm a tea girl. That kills me mm. because I would have made you a cup of tea <laughs> and we would have had a chat, but you are going to lead worship for us tonight. So we're going <laughs> to get on with it because awesome. we've got a whole bunch of stuff to ask you. Firstly, thank you for how you've ministered with us this weekend. Um, It's been beautiful. You know, there's been such a beauty, I think, to the ministry that's happened this weekend. And I love what I love when Pastor Joe invites guests to our conferences is that they bring their whole selves. You know, Mm. it's not just stories and it's not just sermons, but it's like the totality of their life is the overflow. And we, we get that. And that's been very beautiful. So you you were so honest and you were very vulnerable. We were just saying how great it was that we were talking about <laughs> body parts. <laughs> yes. It was so good that you could talk about that at a women's conference. But you you spoke a lot about your childhood and that you grew up in a house where you experienced abuse and you saw your parents' marriage, um, you know, uh, I guess go through that. And I wanted to ask you, was that always, was that easy for you? Um, Like, do you do that often? Are you always that honest and Mm. vulnerable about your childhood? And was that hard for you to do that? Yeah. Um, I've been sharing my story for a little while now. Yeah. So although it might get easier, it kind of never does. Yeah. And um, the reason why it gets easier is because our God is good and faithful and he heals. But the reason why it's difficult is because when I tell my story, that's my story. And I think of that six-year-old girl, I think about her and I think about how scared she was or how um, unsure she was about what the future would hold, what 
dad is angry, what's going to happen? You know, I, th- I think about her. And when I think about her, you know, my heart breaks a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but I, I now stand in the victory of what Jesus has done. And um, I think it's important when I tell my story, when we tell our stories, that we tell our stories with our whole heart, mm. that we don't tell our stories as if it's someone else's story. Mm. Um, yeah, because I'm still living out my story and it's living and breathing and alive. And I think um, when we share that way, when we share truthfully and when we share honestly, um, I think that's a way to really connect uh, with people. Because uh, I'll, I'll put it this way, um, no two people have the same experience of upbringing but everyone knows pain. Everyone. Everyone knows fear. Everyone's experienced that. So when you share honestly about that, there becomes a really powerful and really, yes, raw and vulnerable connection. But when that connection is established, the beautiful thing is, is that the healing that I've found in my life can transfer through that connection. You know? Yeah, so... In short, yes and no. <laughs> like you know, it is. It does get a little bit easier, and at the same time, yeah, it's still it's still hard. Mm. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Okay. Oh my okay, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about what what else I wanted to ask you about that, because I think I loved what you said that you said often. You know, we don't see that our weaknesses are like a, a way in. You yeah. Know, they're a connection point. Yeah. And we we put those weaknesses we connect them to other people we Mm -hmm. don't actually allow god and then even um yeah like an avenue to connect to another human um yeah i mean that's why the word of god says that we should confess our sins to god we should also confess to each other yeah because there's power when that happens because um everything in the kingdom is transferred through connection yeah through relationship. Yeah. So when we have relationship with God, that's wonderful and that's beautiful yeah. um, and that's powerful. But God has also set it up so that we must connect with each other. Yeah. And when we do that with people who are trusted, with people who are wise, mm. like not just with anyone, mm. it's important that we do confess and we do share. But when we do that with someone who perhaps is further on in the journey of forgiveness, you know, or in, in the journey of healing, mm. That healing can actually be transferred from one person to another. Mm. And so um, in saying that, I will never speak of anything on stage or anything publicly that I first haven't got victory in. Yeah, that's good. 100%. Yeah. Because I don't want to be communicating anything but the glory of God. And I don't want to emotionally manipulate anyone with my story. But my story is simply there to display the faithfulness of God. And, uh, you know, when I talk about my story, um, it involves people that are very close to me and people Mm. that I dearly, dearly love. And that's also a little bit tricky Mm. because I never want to alienate those people from my life uh, because for me that's family. That's Mm. my dad. Totally. You know, and I never want anything I say to be um, something that's going to be an obstacle for healing. And so I had to work that through within myself that when I speak of the things that happened in the past, 
that somehow I still communicate honour for my dad. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone who has been in the room with you can just see what a beautiful work God has done in you. And I wanted to ask you, mostly because I think on Saturday night you you did an altar call um, for women who perhaps were holding a bit of hurt and offence with God and hadn't quite forgiven God for Mm. the process that he might Mm. have used to, Mm. you know, get us to a place. And I went forward because (laughs) I felt like that was for me. And I often in my life have seen, I've seen God just show up in glory because of my brokenness and in my Mm. brokenness, but then have said, God, God, why? Mm. You know, why did I have to go through this? Like Mm. that was lonely and that was dark and that Mm. was horrible. Mm. And I watched other kids that didn't care. Like Mm. they had no worries in the Mm. world, Mm. but I had to go home to this. Mm. And I wanted to ask you, what, what did you have to learn about God in order to reconcile your story Mm. with God? You know, Mm. That's, That's a big question. It's such Sorry. a good question. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's okay. such a good question. And I guess I'll preface it with this. Um, I think one of the very precious gifts that God has given me is the gift of faith. Yeah. Um, and from the time I was a little girl, before I even had a real relationship with Jesus, there was always this unshakable hope yeah. in me. No matter how many times we went, I went through dark times, my family went through hard times, there was this hope that somehow never got touched, somehow. And I just think that's miraculous. And I think that was the goodness of God. And this hope somehow managed to survive um, these, these dark, dark times. So I want to preface with that, that there was this hope that was alive. I just hoped. And it wasn't it wasn't like a huge amount of hope. It was super tiny. But it was the hope that I would go to bed at night and I would think, maybe tomorrow will be better. Still, maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe this Christmas will be different. Maybe this birthday will be, will be different. And I would just... I'd have a little bit of hope left in me. Um, and so in, the, in this whole process, what did I have to learn about God? Um, <laughs> probably one of the biggest lessons I learned was sometimes it's test first, lesson later. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what? This is so hard. This is te- this is a test. Yeah. This is such, this is a big test of faith and whether I believe what God says or not. And to be honest, sometimes it just came to that yeah. where I had it was either I believe the word of God or I don't. Yeah. Either I believe what he said to me or I don't. Yeah. Um and so I learned that sometimes God tests us and then afterwards Oh, I, I learned the lesson. Yeah. This is so hard, and I held on. I held on to hope because that's all I knew how to do. Yeah. And then later on, I learned he is so very faithful. Mm. Probably one of the greatest lessons. He is faithful. He 
quite honestly, has never let me down. Mm. Have I been through times of disappointment? Yes. But he's never let me down. Mm. He's been there. And he's he's not afraid. He's just not afraid of my ugliness (laughs) and my questions. Um, And also... Uh, for me, you know, as you were saying, you asked those questions, why did I have to go through that? Why? I don't understand. Um, And in the way that we live our lives now as a family, myself, my husband, my son, um, we realise how powerful our stories are, the God story is, in helping others. And really we feel like that's the greatest privilege on planet earth is the ability to help someone else through their hard times, their dark times Mm. with the things that we've learned and that's really what we feel like we've been put on the planet for Mm. so in exchange Mm. I found purpose Mm. purpose like I know why I'm on this earth I don't know if I ever would have found that out another way Awesome. Is that all right? Yeah. Does that answer the... I hope that answers the question. You're doing You'll great. tell me, right? You'll tell me if I'm not answering the I'll question at all. I'll just ask again, but you're yeah. doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, when did you know that ministry was going to be your thing? And I, I should say it's all ministry, but when did you know church-based ministry was going to be your focus? Um. To be honest, three years ago. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. For real. Yeah. I've I've been doing this, serving, serving for a long time. And that's because, to be quite honest, um, I know there are people out there who are listening um, who feel like, oh, they're called to preach. Yeah. They're called to pastor. They're called to lead. And 100% more power to you. But for me... I, I was the person who would look at those people and would laugh <laughs> and be like, ha, sucker, you know. <laughs> I was that person. I and I, I would laugh at them and I would be like, oh, man, that's, that's good on you. Good on you. And I'd be more than happy to serve serve another person's vision and I loved it I'm on teams um, my whole journey with God Um, but for me it's never been about that it's never been about um, a career based in ministry Mm. it's it's 100% always been about um, how can I serve you know Um, and I remember one one conference I was in, it was our national conference, and um, our movement pastor at the time, Pastor Bruce Monk, who I'm a huge fan of, um, he was, we, everyone in the room was getting anointed, and he came past me, and I was, you know, kind of eavesdropping to the prophetic word he was giving to the person next to me, and I was like, man, that's a good prophetic word, I can't wait for my turn, I cannot wait, and so Pastor Bruce came and stood in front of me, and he anointed my head with oil. And I was in, you know, just expectation of this incredible word. Then he took his hand off my head and he just said, uh, just look at me for a minute. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is happening? 
And he said, um, you need to get over yourself and you need to understand that you need to give your life for this nation and for the nations of the world. So whatever that means, Esther, just do it. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> so since that moment, that's really been um, a framework of my thinking. And the framework is not ministry or preaching. It's every every tool that I have, every gift that I have, my ability to speak or sing um, or hug someone or encourage someone, whatever that looks like, whether it's on a stage or not, I'll be doing that. So, yeah. So I, when did I know? Well, three years ago when I went on staff. <laughs> Excellent. Good. <laughs> then I thought, oh, okay, this is my job now. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> we spoke about fear this morning. Mm. Um, and I was wondering if, because of what you went through when you were a kid, were you ever afraid of getting married or having kids? Uh, I don't know if I would have defined it as fear. Yeah. But I know that I never allowed myself to even think those were a possibility. Wow. Um, so I never, I wasn't the girl ever who dreamed of a wedding. Yeah, you said that yesterday. Because there are those girls. 100%. I have uh, friends who are those girls. Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. But I was never that girl. Yeah. I was never the girl who dreamed of a wedding, of a marriage, or of children. Why was that, do you think? That's, I've, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. quite fully know why. And I have definitely thought, Perhaps this is because of what I went through and what I saw, mm. uh, what I saw in my mum and my dad and in a marriage breaking up and how much it affected myself and my brothers. Mm. And perhaps somewhere in my childlike mind, I thought I would never want to put someone, a, a child I dearly love through this. I'd never want to put someone through this. I'd... Um, I'd never want another person to experience that pain because of decisions mm. I made. So that's that's definitely a possibility for sure. Mm. Um, and, I mean, look, if we had time, I could tell you so many stories about Ben and myself and our dating life that is just so <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And um, to be quite honest... Um, I just don't think there's anyone else on the planet that could love me the way my husband loves me. Mm. Um, he's, I'm going to cry. Oh, my gosh, I'm so not this person. But I told you this happened. <gasps> you did. You warned me. This does happen. You have a crying anointing. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. If it makes you feel better, <clears throat> which I don't know what this says about me, but the other week I was at Coles. And I was just getting, you know, like some bread. Right. And the checkout chick started telling me about her endometriosis. Oh, wow. I didn't ask, but it just happened. Yeah. And then she started crying. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, there's three people in the line. Yeah. And so I just, so sorry. Thank you for sharing that with me. And then I said, I feel like we should be on a first name basis, Chelsea. I'm married. I'm so sorry. Thank you for putting my groceries through. Yeah. Good luck with the endometriosis. Wow. wow. I might see you next week when I pop in. Wow. And so Josh calls 
me Oprah, but in my defense, I, I was just gonna say. But in my defense, I didn't. I didn't actually ask. Like I think it just happened. So I felt really bad. You're the Australian Oprah. Oh, that feels a bit. But anyway, I didn't. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, it's it just a gift. Happens a little bit. So. Yeah, sorry. So, so I think you should pay attention to that. Yeah, you reckon? I do. <laughs> but obviously you are with this podcast situation. You're way ahead of me. Aww. That's amazing. Good on you. Well, good on God, yeah. I suppose. Well, I mean, I he's just... got to have a willing yeah. vessel, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen a bit. I love it. <laughs> I it's wonderful. It. So you were um, saying there's yeah. no one who could um, no. love you the way no. that he does. No. He, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And um, he, he made me feel a kind of safety and security mm. that I never had. Mm. And now I have the luxury of not having to fight for myself. All the time. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. It's so incredible. Um, and our, the way he loves me is not glamorous. Yeah. It's not Hollywood. It's yeah. not. But love often isn't, right? I think true love. Yeah. Isn't. It's like gritty. Yeah. And like really raw. Yeah. And yeah. it's. It's messy, yeah. Um, but it's consistent, yeah. And he, um, he just serves me. Yeah. That's what he does, and I think that's what probably brought us together, is because I'd never seen, or I'd never, I'd never seen in my context, a man serve a woman like that. My mom, you know, women, especially in my cultural context, we're there to serve our husbands, right. you know. Right. And so I, it was so disarming to see wow. and to experience Ben do that for me. Wow. Um, and so I say all of that uh, because I just wasn't looking. I wasn't – because I never dreamed of the wedding or the – I was so very content with my Jesus. Mm. And I was content to live out a life – because I got to – 25 and I'm mm. still single, 26, 27, mm. and I'm still single. So I'm just like, well, mm. then the future looks bright, just me and you, Jesus. It, and it did, mm. and it does. And I, I was so content with that. Mm. And so when Ben came along and, you know, started stalking me and such, um, it, was, uh, it was a really wonderful journey where he just showed me that I was safe. Mm. Um, yeah, so when it came to our wedding, because I didn't dream of a wedding, Ben planned it all. <sighs> no, every detail, he planned it all. Amazing. I went online, I found the first wedding dress website, found the first dress that I liked, ordered it, <sighs> picked my bridesmaids, Amazing. picked the colours, and Amazing. then I said, you guys do everything else. I don't care what happens, as long as at the end of the day I marry Benjamin, I'm all good. So that's how much I, I never dreamed of a wedding. And I, don't really ca I didn't really care for the wedding. I just wanted to know at the end of the day, 
I'm making a commitment before God and before the people that I love to this man. That's it. So when it came to children, again, because I never dreamed of children, that decision, and this probably will sound weird to people, that decision was 100% Ben's. Because I said to him, I don't have to have kids. So if you want to have kids, we'll have kids. (laughs) If you don't, I'm all good. (laughs) So Ben was like, I want to have kids. (laughs) So I was like, okay then, let's have kids. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm so content. Yeah. And so perhaps maybe fear might have played a part. Yeah. But in my journey with Jesus, being single, I think the truth is I found such contentment with Jesus. Yeah. That married or not, married with kids or not, I I was going to be so happy with Jesus. That's so powerful. It sounds really cheesy. No, but it's it's but often <laughs> but the most the cliched things are so powerful because oh, there's honestly. so much truth to them. Yeah, to find contentment, and let's be real, you're going to find that in a marriage anyway. Yeah, as if getting married means that you're never going to feel alone oh, or my hurt goodness. or you know. Yeah. Or isolated. So will not fix those things. Right? Mm-mm. Just heightens everything. Yeah, heightens to be it, honest. amplifies it all. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You, there was a moment in the room last night where we got to meet your beautiful Malachi. My beautiful chubby boy. has been described <laughs> as delicious by a lot of women <laughs> on the socials. And um, you held him and I think everyone was crying by that point. And then you told your story about your miscarriage mm. and finding out that that was happening while you were on tour in the UK. Mm. Is that right? Mm. And you were scheduled to preach mm. and your husband was there. Mm. And I, I was ugly crying. I often think, <laughs> why bother wearing makeup to conferences anyway? Oh, no. why do we like bother? the Lord's going to do his work. Mm-hmm. I should be prepared and yes. just go no makeup. But yeah. I do it anyway. Or you dark. can, what I used to do is just um, rip a um, tissue in yeah. half and just stick it on my face <laughs> and we're good to go. <laughs> good and <then> just replace. <laughs> Hashtag life hack. You're welcome. Because <laughs> by that time, no one even cares what you look no, like. No one's looking no at you. No one does. So I would just have half a tissue on one cheek, <laughs> half a tissue on the other. And at the end of the night, just remove it. And there is the mascara has been caught. There is a product innovation in that. <laughs> I think I so. Think, yeah. Okay. For anyone you listening, here you first. can take that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> but you... You described this moment where your husband was saying that he would stay with you. And you <clears> said, no, you've got to go, you know, because I've got Jesus and other people don't. And that was so powerful. But you said that you you experienced such profound grief, mm. you know. And so in the middle of a ministry season mm. and you're obviously visible, you know, when you're a leader in mm. a church, mm. there is a visibility to your life. Mm. Um how do you navigate a season of grief in front of other people? Yeah. When you know that you've got to lead others and you've mm. got commitments that you've made, how do you do that? Um, I think in my situation in particular, it was, um, look, in everyone's situation, you know, if not for the grace of God, mm. um, and I think by the sounds of it, you know, it sounds like the most horrific timing because I was away from my support from my family 
from my friends, from um, the closest people to me. Um, but in the end, it was the best thing. Mm. Um, now, I have very good friends. And, um, you know, there's a, an Equippers Church in London, mm. right? So there's church family there. And one of the um, pastors there, um, she is also a doctor. Mm. So, but by the grace of mm. God. Amazing. So when things started happening in my body, I just called her straight away. And she knew exactly what I needed to do. And she walked me through it and talked me through it. Um, <clears throat> and we happened to have um, a couple of Kiwis who were interning over in London. And that were our very good friends. And um, it allowed me, it afforded me the time away from people and away from my security blankets. It afforded me the space um, away from the things that I would usually latch onto mm -hmm. to find stability. And all I had was God. That's it. And so for the remainder of our time away, and it was about, it was, it was at least a week. Um, we finished out the week in London and then we flew to the US and I had a women's conference to do there and church and all of that. And I was, you know, um, and there were only a few people who knew um, what was going on. But again, I guess I want to really... Um, I want to reiterate the importance and the beauty of following Jesus and finding contentment in him while you're single. Because had I not done that, I would have been lost in my marriage mm. and in this grief. But because I had learned the lesson of contentment and the lessons of surrender and surrendering the things that the dreams, you know, that I should have, could have, marriage, kids... Um, when it came to this time of grief, um, I just, I, was it hard? Yeah, I asked myself all of those questions. Um, this is my fault. I never should have traveled. Mm. You know, I never should have got on a plane. Mm. I never should have put myself under this kind of stress. This is my fault. And by this time, I was already convinced that I was having a boy. We had already named him. Wow. We'd named him Ezekiel. We would call him Zeke. You know, we'd done all of those things. And so when when I was going through the process of the miscarriage, it was, um, I, you know, Ben was out doing schools and I was alone in a hospital room, you know, just like, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and you have all those questions and all of those fears. But again, away from my support systems, I knew the closeness of Jesus. And it gave me such comfort and it gave me such strength. And his word was so close and his presence was so close and so real. So by the time my feet landed back on the ground to perhaps where I was most visible, um, and as you say, in terms of being a leader, there was strength in me. Um, and there was, um, I had already gone through a significant part of the process of grief it was around Christmas time, so my husband and I, we went to the London markets and we bought a, a little Christmas decoration mm. that we would hang on our tree every year to remember our boy. Oh, 
Um, and we did that this year with Malachi, you mm. know, holding Malachi, and we remembered our boy that we lost. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it is difficult because you must. Mm. Um, you come, you come back, and you have responsibility to lead and to lead well and to lead strong. And I, I would be unable to do that, um, completely unable to do that, if um, I didn't know God in the secret place, in the mm. quiet place. If there, that's where my strength comes from, mm. 100%. That's where my strength comes from. Mm. And because of that, I'm able. I was able to lead mm. still. Yeah. So we came back to New Zealand and we hit the ground running. Mm. Yeah. God is good. So good. <laughs> Sorry, did I answer your question again? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. You'll tell me. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you know, I, well, and so I guess kind of going off the back of what you just said, ministry is <clears> something <throat> where you're actually just giving of yourself. Like yeah. you, you are the thing, you know, yeah. and... I, I wanted to ask you how, how you sustain that because I think like I think more and more in our world we're becoming very vocal now, probably more than ever, about struggles with mental health. Mm. And I wanted to know how, how you take care of yourself and how you sustain yourself when you're actually just giving of yourself mm. constantly. Mm. And I know there's a graze. Yeah. But let's not pretend there isn't like a physical cost yeah. <laughs> to yeah. what you do. Yeah. You know? So how how do you do that? Um, yeah, oh, I'm glad you brought up the grace situation yeah. because a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, because well, like, that's real. <laughs> yeah. The grace of God. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why we can be reassured yeah. that we can we can do what he's called us to do because there's grace there. Mm. Um, in terms of the practicalities, mm. um, you know, having a Sabbath, that's mm. not a suggestion. Mm. That is quite seriously a commandment. Mm. <laughs> you know, like we don't think do not murder, like that's optional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do not steal, that's optional. Yeah, right. That, you know, like, yeah. w- but somehow we consider yeah, right. that Sabbath is the optional commandment. Yeah, right. It's just not. Yeah. And so, um, Oh, we are always looking at the discipline of rest, mm. the discipline. And it is a discipline because my husband and I, or probably more myself, I'm a doer. Yeah, me I too. love to do. I love to serve. And when I rest, I'm an active rester. Yeah. Whereas my husband is like, chill out. Yeah, stop my husband's moving. like six hours of Netflix type yes. of rest. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I might just do a few loads of washing, but I've got oh nothing else on gosh. today. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love doing the washing. It's very satisfying, the end product. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, yeah, the, I've had to learn the discipline of rest. Yeah. Um, and so I've, it also helps to know how you're wired. Yeah. Uh, my husband is an extrovert. Mm. I am not. Mm. I am very much an introvert, mm. which people probably wouldn't assume mm. if they saw me in, in leadership environments or ministry environments, but I'm 100% mm. an introvert, so quiet. It was actually the hardest thing to navigate mm. when we got married because it shocked me. Totally. You know, I was like, this man does not leave. 
when do you go away? Like, when do you go? <laughs> and I, I remember I was just like, like emotionally yeah. exhausted yeah, right. in the first couple months of our marriage because I was like, you just never leave. I just, <laughs> I just need time on my own. And of course, he's the opposite. He's like, why don't you want to hang with me? And I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with you. Josh would be like, why don't you love me? Yeah. And I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I need you to go. I need you to leave. And of course I've learned, yes. you know, just how to say those things yes. nicely. Yes. How to explain myself yeah. instead of just a high pitch request. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I need, I do need quiet mm. and I do um, refresh by being on my own, mm. but also I, that's how I process mm the world mm. and things that go on. I'm not an external processor first. I'm internally mm. processing. Um, and so for me, that's been a really big key to ensuring that I rest well. Mm. Um, it's that every day. And that's probably for me why journaling mm. is so key because it means that I can consistently do my internal processing mm. through the week. And then when it comes to the time that I've set aside for rest, mm. I'm not spending the whole day going through mm. all, like processing all of the stuff that could have happened that week. Yeah, Marriage, right. ministry, home, relationships, finances, dreams, future, you know, savings, all, kind of all of that, mm. shopping, food. Mm. Um, <laughs> so um, I've had to learn to kind of ensure that my inner world, mm. um, that I do things um, in my inner world during the week to ensure that I'm staying ordered um, and afloat on the inside. Otherwise, by the time I get to the end of the week and the time that I've set aside for rest, I'm just, I rest wrong. Wow. I rest wrong. Wow. I watch Netflix. Yeah. You know, and I sleep. Yeah. And that's not what I need. What I need is, because this is how I'm wired, I need to sort out my inner world. Wow. And until I do that, I'm going to be emotionally exhausted. And I think, yeah. So the, I've learned the discipline mm. of rest. And so it's the same thing. You know, I try to clean my house regularly mm. during the week so that when it comes to the time I've set aside for rest, I'm not spending that mm. half of the day cleaning. Mm. And then the other half of the day trying to sort through the myriad mm. of things that I've had to process during the week. Yeah, because yeah. often I'm like hanging the laundry crying, but it's not because I'm sad about the laundry. I'm yeah. actually just haven't done yeah. the work with my thoughts that I need to. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Do you journal every day? I definitely try to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And of course, I'm 100% human and there <clears throat> are days and weeks at a time that I don't mm. and I become a very unhealthy person. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And I know because mm. it reflects in my Uber Eats Right? Preach. My inner world Preach is a mess that. and then my so finances become a mess. Then the budget is blown. Yes. And then the marriage is put under pressure because yes. we, you know? So, yeah. Yes. It's, um, look, it's not rocket science. Mm. But I think it's important that you, people understand how they're wired mm. because this is very important to ensuring that you rest. Mm. Um, so for me, it's important when I rest that that's the time 
that I spend really mm. um, doing the things that are good for my soul, mm. but also the things that are good for my spirit. Yeah. And just being in that space where um, I'm taking an extended amount of time to thank God for his goodness mm. and thank God for his grace. And I think I've become quite good at that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, again, it's the uh, it's it's a beautiful thing uh, to keep Jesus at the center of our lives, but also to ensure that you remain content. That's one of the great things that gratitude and thankfulness does. It just keeps you content. Yeah, God, whether I have little, whether I have much, I'm content. Mm. Yeah. See, the other thing that happens with these podcasts is that they end up being counseling sessions. <laughs> So there is a little bit of that happening, and I am. I'll send I am you the like, book. Oh, please invoice me <laughs> later. Um, I, I, we actually have to wrap up. What? We, yeah, no. we've got to get you back. Oh my goodness! We've got to get you some time to rest because we're going to have some people next door doing um, what? some equipment and power. Oh, I I'm know. so sad. I, I really. Yes, I've really been enjoying I'm this time. I'm having so much fun because I have all these questions for you about leadership and creativity as well. Oh. And so I think next time you're here, yeah. you've got to record another one with me. If That's there is a, a next time, oh, hint, hint. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> I think Pastor Joe put it on social today. She said, you're our new best friend. Oh, I love it. Because everyone, and I said this to you, and I was like that awkward, crazy girl who was like, hi, I really like you. I want to be your friend. And I went home and told Josh that, and he said, but you didn't say it like that, did you? And I said, no, I, I did. And he was like, oh. Mate. And I was like, oh, now I'm thinking about it. And it came out and I couldn't help it. But you are. Like, oh, you just, we just love you. You're one of us. Oh, I love it. I felt so you at home. You are so our, yeah, I said that. Like, mm. you're our vibe. You're oh, just like, yeah. So next time we're going to do a podcast about leadership Great. and creativity because I want to ask you about leading a creative team and yeah. all of this other stuff as well. Well, let's do but that next time. Yeah, and you can come sit on my couch. It won't be, be like good. this. I'll make you tea. <laughs> It'll be heaps more pretty um, just in terms of decor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Oh, we love I you. I really have. Thank you. Thanks, Australian Oprah. So good, right? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Favourite Friends. If you'd like to find out a bit more about us, you can via the link in the episode description. It'll give you some more information about IC Church, Favour Women and Favour Conference. Why don't you share this episode with someone else and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.